Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. Well, this morning, I'm honored that my dear friend, Robbie Booth, is here and his wife, Benita. Uh, Robbie is the director of the Center for Spiritual Renewal in Los Angeles, and that is under the leadership of our Foursquare denomination. What Robbie does is he helps pastors, pastors that get stuck, sometimes pastors that have emotional needs, and that's good because sometimes we do. But Robbie's also a specialist when it comes to PTSD, and he's dealt with many in our military, a people that sometimes just can't move forward with life. God has used Robbie to help them. And this morning, Robbie has a special message for you about how we're to live going forward. So open your hearts to welcome Robbie Booth this morning, and let's receive together what God has for us this day. Do you know the Lord wants to talk to you this morning? How many of you are open, maybe even hungry, to hear from the Lord this morning? Almost everyone raised their hands. And I say, Lord, touch those that felt a little limp in their hand this morning as well, huh? Anyway, would you turn in your Bible to the book of Jeremiah, chapter number 29? The Lord has put a word on my heart for you that's been uh, just a, a word that the Lord has spoken to me just even over the last week. And so uh, if you get nothing out of it, know that I did. How's that, huh? But I, I, I want to say uh, um, I probably, I'm in uh, several churches throughout the year and around our nation, and even on, of course, they've been probably ministered on 70 military installations through the years. And I am so thrilled to ever be invited and have the privilege of addressing you here at Lompoc Foursquare. And I want to tell you why. Um, Some churches gather, and I don't know, maybe they gather just for the goodness of reading the word or whatever, and, and that's got a lot of value to it. But um, sometimes I'm looking at your website and I, or I'll see something posted online and I see so many of you serving your community. Uh, The most recent one that I was viewing and probably some of you saw it, but a bunch of you participated and all of you participated in one way or another at, you know, some distance, maybe in supporting it or whatever, but watch as you guys reached out to the hospital workers and uh, to the firemen and also to the police department. Just a huge thank you uh, for actually putting your faith in action in such a way. And that just touches me. Do you, how many of you agree, if you're gonna believe in the Lord, it's nice that there's a live by that comes with him. Amen? It comes from our life. In fact, I just say, Lord, would you just establish my live by this week? that actually somebody can tell that I'm a believer by the way I live. Come on, yes? You agree with that? Anyway, and, and it's interesting. Um, you know, I was thinking of all the people that I saw serving, and I asked Bernie yesterday, Pastor Bernie yesterday, I said, how many people were involved in that? You know, and I think, and we also were talking about the outreach you just had at the school, and, and I think there were, wow, well over 50-some people that were directly involved. I thought, and this is in the middle of a challenge that our nation during my lifetime has never gone through. Um, our nation is being shook in so many ways. And for some of you, uh, because of how we are in your workplace and the schools that you're in and the community that you're in, 
your life is shook as well. How many of you understand what I'm talking about, okay? The Lord gave me a word, and that is that he wants to expand your life in the middle of challenging times. Expanding your life in the middle of challenging times. It's God's intent that, uh, that he has a work that he wants to do even in the worst of times. God wants to do the best of works in your life and through your life. Amen? Amen just means let it be so. You know, so if you agree with it, don't ever say amen to something you don't agree with, all right? Only just say, yeah, I want some of that. So anyway, it, it, I want to read a little bit from Jeremiah 29, and many of you know that chapter. It's famous for a lot of people. It's, it's verse number 11 that in that portion, though we're going to jump back to verse 4, and thank you for you trying to follow me along uh, in the audiovisual people. But um, this is the one that says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. How many of you know that scripture? You know, And I, I like King James Version. I know the plans that I have for you. And God's got to, can you imagine God who, who is so magnificent, so big, if I can put it that way, that he could hold the earth in his hand counted the hairs on your head this morning, some easier, some more challenging, come on. And he has a plan for you. And his plan for you is a good plan. It's thoughts that are good and not of evil. He has a plan to give you a future and a hope. Now, let me tell you the part I like about it. He is talking to the nation of Israel that, and from my studies on this, we're at about 580 BC, all right? So 580 years, 600 years rounded, come on, before Christ was on this earth, walking on this earth. And they were no longer in Jerusalem they had been, because of their own sin, been taken out of Jerusalem and were exiled by the Lord. In fact, he doesn't have any problem saying, by the way, if you ever wonder who got you there, it was me. He doesn't seem to be bothered by being blamed. <laughs> Come on. Anyway, and, he, and, and I mean, we'll read it in verse four. I'll get there in a minute, but I'm excited about it, so I want to tell you the story. Anyway, and, and he actually exiled them. Some of them were there because of their own involvement. Others were there be, not because of their involvement, but they were in the same boat as the other people. You understand? I call it being in Jonah's boat. You know, you're a part of that nation. You're a part of that community. You didn't do anything wrong, but you're going through it. You understand? You know, it's kind of like a family member that makes a bad decision and the whole family goes through it. You, does, you relate to that, okay? And it's that same deal. And, and what I like about this chapter is it doesn't matter whether they did it to themselves or somebody else did it and they're living out the, the waves that came after them. God has a plan, to give them a future and a hope. And the thing I like about it is, how many of you ever gone through something and think, yep, I deserve that? Come on, anyone? Okay, more over in this section. Let me talk to you. We'll forget about those. Now, anyway, but no, come on. A lot of us have gone through things and thought, yeah, I, 
I earned every bit of that and a whole lot more. And then, and you, you can actually disqualify yourself from what God is intending to do in your life in that season. Did you hear that? You know, and I, I talk to people on a fairly regular basis who have buried themselves in shame and defining their life off of their past and off of difficult things that they would even say, I did this to myself and I did this to other people. And because of that, they actually will not hear the word of the Lord for them when God has a plan for you to give you a future and a hope. Somebody say, wow, I want to be a part of his plan even if I deserve not to be. Come on. So anyway, let's read some of it. And, and there's three words that I really wanna, want us to hone in on this morning out of Jeremiah 29. And we're just gonna start in verse number four. It says, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all who were carried away captive, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. I gotta tell you, <laughs> there was a time and I was thinking of this while I was studying for this this week, where I was in a bad situation, and it was the fruit of something that I had lived out my own life, do you understand, without me going into more detail. And I remember saying, Lord, do you know where I am? And he said, not only do I know where you are, I took you there. <laughs> That's what this reminds me of. I think, yay. Because he knows how to get me out of it too. He knows how to get me through and to do something in my life and to do something in your life in the middle of these challenging times. Let's go on, sorry, but thank you for living that out with me. He, it then goes to say this, and it's three words. There's others in there, but we're gonna hone in on three. Number, verse number five, build houses. Would you say build? and dwell in them, plant gardens, eat their fruit. Would you say plant? Take wives, beget sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands so that they may bear sons and daughters. That you, and this is worth underscoring in your Bible. Verse six, last part. That you may be increased there. Would you say increased and not diminished? Do you know that regardless of what you are going through right now, it is the design of God that you increase and not diminish. Wow. Say that to the challenge that you're going through. It is the design of the Lord that I not decrease, that I not diminish. But actually right now, whether I'm going through something because of what you did to me or whether I'm going through something that I did to myself, the Lord desires that I be increased in the situation that I'm in. Did you hear me? Some of us would say, well, Lord, increase me by removing me from the situation. Well, they eventually, that happened. But nonetheless, Lord, increase me that I not be diminished, but Lord, help me do life your way in the middle of that challenge, that I increase in the middle of that challenge, not decrease. Are you with me on that? Verse seven, a third word, seek the peace. Would you say seek the peace? of the city where I've caused you to be carried away captive and pray to the Lord for it, for in its peace, you'll have peace. Well, I wanna talk to you for just a little bit about three words that, that were very, very strong to me, and it's, 
it's the word of the Lord, I believe, for you as well in this season as our whole nation goes through what it's going through and it's affecting near everyone in our nation. The first word that seems to be a key word to drive our own life right now, it's the instruction of the Lord found in verse five, is to build. It says to build houses. Now, if I were to look at my own life and think of me going through one of the worst challenges that I've ever been through, and I'm not referring to this season, but just thinking that's what the Lord is addressing here. I mean, they have been taken out of their nation. They were taken out of Jerusalem. They were taken out of, wouldn't we call that the holy city? I mean, I've heard people say, and when I've gone to Jerusalem, even tour guides, they'll call, this is Jerusalem, this is the holy city. It's known by the Israelis as the holy city, as it would be. I think, yeah, they were taken out of the holy city, and I mean, pastor, you might not invite me back if I say it, but they went from the holy city to holy hell. I mean, come on, have you ever gone from blessing to difficulty in one fast move? And 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 I was thinking, if I was in a place that I didn't want to be, do you hear me? If you are in a place that you don't want to be, the situation that you're in, you don't want to be, and you're surrounded by people you don't want to live with, the Lord says build. And there's a part of me that says build I'm waiting to get out of this. I'll build later where I want to live. I don't want to live in this situation. I don't want to give the cookies of my heart. I don't want to invest the best of my life to build in the situation that I'm in. And yet the word of the Lord is saying, I want you to increase. And if you go by what's natural to you, you'll not build. But if you don't build, you won't have a dwelling place. You won't have a place that you find life and refreshment and protection and a place to find rest in. So we build, we, we, have, we construct something now that you will occupy in your future. Come on. So we're building because there is a future and tomorrow benefits from what you do today. It's interesting that word build. I mean, it means to make, to build, to rebuild, to form, to make something new. But it also has to do with a use of even materials that you've formerly used. And now the Lord wants to form them in something beautiful in the middle of that challenge. I was thinking of just... Uh, how it requires a decision because otherwise people like me would rather sit and wait for the storm to blow over. The problem is this storm's gone on for a long time in our nation. So there's a place where I think, you know what? If this is what I have, then Lord, use me. Show me what I am to build that there be a house to occupy for tomorrow. Amen? And I think of the applications of that and marriage, et cetera. Let me tell you one quick little story. And Pastor, thank you for whatever time I need, but I'll be done by whatever. Yes? Thank you. In 2008, I mean, some of you were kids back then, and I begin to sound ancient, but our nation went through a shaking financially. Some of you remember 2008, 2009. How many of you remember that? 
lot of people lost their jobs. The economy was really rough. Housing values dropped, you know, it, it, and it was just a really, really tough time for a lot of people. I had lived, uh, we, we own a home in Northern California in Modesto. People in Lompoc would wonder why anyone would ever want to live in Modesto, and it's probably the most common question I'm asked is, why Modesto? I said, well, our car broke down there one day, and that's, no, <laughs> teasing a little bit on that. But when I was a kid, uh, grew up in a divorced family, 10 kids, his, hers, and theirs, and we were poor. And I remember as a little boy, probably 10, maybe 8, 9, 10, 11, right in there, my mother, if I have a scene of her on the telephone, it was her crying on the telephone, asking if we could just have a little longer before she paid her very small mortgage. $42 a month, if you can imagine. But we couldn't afford it. And there was a constant fear that we would be put out on the street. Well, God got us through, and I could tell you all the stories of that. And, of course, that even pushed our family towards the Lord to not be so dependent on ourselves, not our own ideas. Our own ideas are limited. But then there comes a place where God has his ideas and his plans, and we want to give ourselves over to him. Yes? Okay. Well, 2008, I was part of two or three people that had to meet with people that were being laid off. And there were probably, I don't know, 40-some people that were being laid off during that time. And I knew that I could be next. In fact, one of the guys that was with me stayed, we were staying together at a at a particular place, and I remember we were walking up this back uh, walkway, and I said, his name's Marty, and I said, Marty, I said, I am so afraid that we're gonna, I'm going to lose my job, and because of that, that I'm going to lose my home. You see the same fear was coming up. Do you understand? Same fear. And by the way, a lot of people did. I mean, in Modesto, one in five homes were lost during that time. You know, people were, I don't know whether they walked away, it doesn't matter, but people lost their homes. And I had that fear, and I remember sharing with him, and, and it, was a, it was a fear that would keep me up at night. It was the fear that I would, I would try and plan. How can I plan to be able to keep our home that we'd lived in for some 18 years by that time? And how could we do this and that and, you know, be able to still have a place to live? How many of you understand those thoughts, okay? And they were haunting to me. They were hounding to me. And as we're walking up the walkway, Marty says this, and it's the key. It is the key that caused my life to turn from frantic to a place of peace. Right in the middle of it, he said, Robbie, have you lost sight that Jesus loves you? And I said, we're we're good friends. Marty's in heaven today, but anyway, we're good friends together then. We'll be again someday. And he said, have you lost sight uh, that Jesus loves you? I said, Marty, (laughs) what does the love of God have to do with what I'm fearing right now? And by the way, do you remember we just sang a song led by Sierra, you know, you know, about fear doesn't stand a chance and, you know, light of your love, perfect fear, perfect love casts out fear. But Marty said, do you remember 
Robbie? Matthew 6. Here the disciples are worried, what, what are we going to wear? What are we going to eat? You know, the, it, chicken little, the world's falling apart, you know. And right in the middle of it, Jesus said, I care for the lilies of the field and the birds of the air. Don't you know that your value to me is far beyond that? So it's in the middle of the build, and it's in the middle of the challenge that we experience the love of God. Amen? And so then we build. Let's go on to the next, and that's just one of the stories of God building in me of the building of his love. The second word I want to look at. You getting anything out of this so far? Thank you. Egg me on a little bit. And that is plant gardens and eat their fruit. You know, you plant so there's no food. So you plant so there's food for tomorrow. Isn't that right? If you don't plant today, you can't reap it tomorrow. Have any of you ever been in a season where you know you were to be planting something good, and yet you didn't want to live in that situation, so you didn't plant the good, and guess what? Tomorrow, you were starving. I've seen people do that in their marriages. They get mad at their spouse. I'll show them who's boss. I'll show them who's got a harder heart. And I've almost said, how many of you have ever tried that? And I'll show them who's tougher. And then you find, oh, no, it gets worse. I'm actually in those times to plant love. I'm to plant kindness. I'm to plant forgiveness. I'm to plant a heart that seeks to be working as two becoming one. Come on. You know, where, where I learned to grow. You know, but, you know, Benita and I, we've been married 43 years this year. Tell me it doesn't look like that we're old enough, huh? Thank you. Anyway, and listen, I did a study on soulmates because, you know, have you ever heard, you know, like some actor, they get up and they say, oh, I married my soulmate. And then they say, oh, you know, she... You know, and you know, I've even talked to a few people when, that have used those terms. I'll say, what do you mean? Oh, you know, well, you know, she knows me so well that she finishes my statements. I said, oh, Benita wants to do that all the time. <laughs> but we've actually had to learn to listen to one another. But by the time they're talking about marrying their soulmates, oh, yeah, we all like the same things and like to do the same things and same things we find humor. And by the time they're done, I think, well, I didn't marry mine. Come on. How do you, if you, if I was talking about, oh, everything's perfect for us, you know, you'd be thinking, well, I married imperfection. But I want to tell you, Benita and I have become soulmates because of hard decisions made in challenging times where we have established, I love you and nothing will ever change that. I pray for you and I pray blessing and nothing will ever change that. And it's the same, even the manner in which we are for our children, etc. But, you know, I was just thinking, planting, you know, planting, you know, bitter situations can result in bitter people, but bitter situations can result in becoming more loving and caring too. 
How many of you are going through a tough situation right now? Would you lift your hand? Let me look around. Yeah, thank you. And by the way, I care about every one of you that just raised your, situa- raised your hand to tell of that situation. You know, it's in, it's in those difficult, those challenging situations where certain life themes that come up in your life need to be let go of. Do you understand? And there's certain other things that we haven't embraced well that we need to grab a hold of and say these will be always a part of my life. Because if I plant that today, God will not be mocked. We will reap what we sow. Huh? That was not meant as a curse to everyone. That's meant as a blessing as well. Come on. What do I, you know, let me talk about marriage for a minute. Do I want to be married to a porcupine that I don't know when she's going to fire her quills out at me? Or do I want to be married to someone that likes to cuddle with me? Yeah, is that okay that we talk that personal for a minute? Anyway, is, do you know married couples, it's good that they cuddle? Raise your hand. Thank God. huh? Yeah, and all the ladies, they were raising their hands, all right? Yeah, bless them, Lord, you know. But I always think, well, Lord, is there a place where in my life, because I don't want famine tomorrow, is there a place in my life where I, I need to sow, where I've maybe stalled a little bit? And, you know, is there a place in your life where in the middle of a challenge, not only do you need to build, but you need to plant, amen? You know, again, good marriage, use different words. It's not a whim. It's not a happen chance. I, Benita and I so love, we so attention to one another. You know, listen, I have never seen, please let me say this, don't turn me off on this. How many of you promise, regardless of what I'm about to say, you won't turn me off over it? Uh, would you? Okay. Well, almost out. This side did not raise their hands again. All right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. You know, listen, it's so easy to use distractions rather than good action in the middle of challenging times. And I see more people glued to electronics. Come on, stay open to me a little bit. You know, I was with a married couple, and this is last week, and he was saying, oh, my wife, you know, she's gotten fearful, this and that. She's sitting right there, and, and, and I asked him about his own fears and concerns. He was sharing his. And I said, how do you deal with them? And he laughed. He said, I'll tell you how she deals with hers. Screen time. And, I, and she said, I don't, I, I'm not on electronics that much. Really? He said. And I didn't know, or I'd forgotten if I did, there's a little thing that you can go to on your, if you like have an iPad or an iPhone, and it'll actually tell you your average screen time. He said, pull your, pull your phone out. He said, how much screen time do you think you put in per day? And she said, I don't know. She said, honestly. She said, I think you're picking on me. You need to look at your, yourself. He said, but we, we're losing eye contact during this time. We're losing us time during this pandemic. And then, by the way, and I, I noticed that people are forgetting to have little mini dates with one another, married couples, you know, treat one another special. Instead, sometimes want to wring one another's neck. Anyway, 
He said, how much screen time do you think you put in average over the last seven days? She said, I don't know. I'll guess high. Maybe maybe hour and 45 minutes, maybe two hours. He pulled that up. She was at five and a half hours a day. And she said, all right, you pull yours up. (laughs) His was 15 minutes longer. I thought, listen, you guys, I think you ought to be accountable one week from today on the new average that you're going to have. But what are you going to need to learn to do? You're going to actually need to learn to sit down and have a meaningful conversation without it being around problems all the time. Do you understand? Do you know that people can do that? Somebody say yes. Okay, have me back and I'll teach on it if you like. Let's go to the last one. It's this part. Are you getting anything out of this? Okay, thank you. And seek the peace of the city where I've caused you to be carried away captive. And not just seek the peace. That's interesting that seek is an action word. It's it's making an attempt. It's a desire to obtain something. It's a desire to achieve something. It's to search out and hunt for. It's to look for. It's to find. It's to discover, okay? It's seeking the peace of the city which I've caused you to be carried away captive and pray to the Lord for it, for in its peace, you'll have peace. Do you hear that? In its peace, you'll have peace. Well, it's interesting when I was thinking about about this, I was thinking about the responsibility that we have to be bridge builders. I am to be a seeker of peace with people, and some of them I don't even like. Do you hear that? Because it's saying, seek the peace of the city where I've caused you to be carried away captive. So they would say, are you kidding? You took me out of Jerusalem where I had a home, where I had a business, where I had neighbors, where I had people that I regularly had fellowship with, and now I'm with the Babylonians under Nebuchadnezzar's rule, and you want me to to initiate being a bridge builder to seek peace of people that I don't want, that I don't like, and I want to go back home. Yeah. Command of the Lord. Seek the peace. In fact, it says on here that in its peace, you'll have what? Let's think about that relationally in your family. Have any of you ever thought, hey, when they finally say they're sorry, I'll seek peace with them. Come on, hey, do you ever see, this is the kind of stuff, I mean, I hate, I feel like I'm exposing myself in front of you, you know, but I'm gonna be honest with you, this is real stuff. And this is the kind of stuff that I think, they have offended me. I didn't do this to them. I don't even like them. They have been our enemy. And now you're wanting me (laughs) to be a seeker of peace? Come on, how do you wrestle with that a little bit? Come on, raise your hand. Oh, wow, a whole bunch of you over here. But did you put your hand up? Anyway, how about, come on, I didn't get to see you. I was having fun with them, okay? Bunch of you. Yeah, and, and here it is, seek the peace. So if you ever wonder if this is just Old Testament, think of this. 
Romans 12. In as much as it's possible with you, seek the peace of all men. Now, by the way, how would that affect relationships in the family? That means when I do something stupid and offensive, (laughs) I own my stuff. And I stop denying it. I stop blaming them for it. I realize I can see in their heart I have offended them. And whether I meant to offend them or not, come on, I go ahead and seek peace. And when my family member says, Robbie, you hurt me, or it might be a friend, or it might be a neighbor, or et cetera, co-worker, Robbie, you hurt me, then I take it at that value. And I say, you know what? I'm sorry. Because I don't want to offend you, and I can see I did. And I'm gonna, I want to learn from that. It's seeking the peace. It's you and me being a seeker. It's the, it's the Romans 12 again. You know, hey, in as much as possible with you, seek to be at peace with all men. That means with your spouse. <laughs> that means with your kids. You're the initiator. You know, some of you say, well, not in my family. In my family. No, it's the child's job. If there's a breach between us, it's their job to seek me. Where do you get that biblically? Are you going to let culture trump the Bible? Or are you going to let the Bible supersede the culture? You understand what I'm saying? So this is a little bit of a wrestling with our flesh as we go through this. Seek the peace. Whether you like the people or not, you you seek the peace. Whether you agree with them or not, you seek the peace. And and listen to this, and I like what Paul says. So Paul wrote Romans. The apostle Paul also wrote Corinthians. So in 2 Corinthians 5, verse number 18, if you want to study it later. But he said, we have been reconciled with Christ. Now what that means is there there was a problem between us and the Lord. How many of you know that? And Our sin brought that problem in. And Jesus reconciled us to God by his death on the cross for us. Wow. Somebody say, wow. Uh, You are now, if you've given your heart to the Lord, you've repented of your sin, you are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Life doesn't get better than that. Uh, Other people might see you as imperfect. God sees you as perfect. And who else's opinion matters? Come on, begin to hold yourself up a little bit and have a little confidence in him. Wow, be wowed by the Lord. But here's what he expects. It's what Paul's talking about. And that is, as we've been reconciled with God through Christ, we have the ministry of reconciliation. That means you are a carrier of the ability to seek that peace with other people. In fact, I just declare, can I say this? Holy Spirit, anoint every one of us today, right now. Amen? Holy Spirit, come upon us that we we are reconcilers with people. In fact, can I say this? I wanna pray for you right now. And that is, Lord, I ask where there's been breaches in families, we ask for a closing of that gap.
where there's been people that, it, who knows why the real reason and why there was that breach, but where there's a breach and moms, dads that haven't talked to their kids in years or vice versa or this person being gone or this person running, Lord, cause there to be reconciliation. Bring them together again. That these people here at Lompoc Foursquare Church are seekers of peace. We're bearers of the peace because you brought us that. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Bow your head real quick, would you? I want to pray for you one more issue. And is there just anyone here you'd say, Robbie, I need to be reconciled with God right now. I've been away from him. Or maybe at one time you lived for him and you found yourself away. It's hard, even COVID challenges things. But, but you, or you might say, you know, listen, I, I've never committed my life to the Lord, but I want to be reconciled with the Lord right now. I want to give my life to him and love him with all my life. If that's you, raise your hand. Just raise your hand right where you are. Yeah, I see that. I see that. Proud of you guys. I see that. Real proud of you, sir. Yeah, God bless you. I made those same decisions in my life, <laughs> and here I am. Anyone else beyond those three? And those of you viewing it, if you're viewing it online, just lift your hand even right there in your wherever room you're watching this. Say this with me right now. Lord Jesus, I love you, and I give you my life today. For now and always, I've sinned against you, but I ask you to forgive me. Wash me clean. Set me free. And I thank you that you are. And as I give you my life, come and live in me, making me yours and you are mine. Now train me in your ways. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.